All right, we are in week three of National Football League football. Uh, I'm Alex. That's Mike. This is Stupid versus Spread. We're going to break down uh, some immediate storylines from the conclusion of week two for the NFL. Uh, and then we're going to dive right in like we always do, talking about each game, giving out every line, uh, and then talking about what lines we like best. Uh, so you can get ready for the upcoming uh, week three of NFL football. Let's start from the top. Uh, biggest news from this past week, Nick Chubb, horrible injury. Um, they didn't show it on replay review, but his knee snapped, essentially. Uh, and it was the same knee that he injured in college, I believe, as well, where he had a PCL, MCL, and ACL tear. So uh, Nick Chubb will be gone for the season. He is out. Uh, he also will have a long road to recovery. Uh, if you remember, I think the only person to come back from a double ACL in NFL football was Archie three uh, who had a moderately successful career afterwards. I would say it certainly is not a non-factor for Nick Chubb's future. Mike, do you think like court, like running backs, do you think we're going to see a little more push from them for, for higher salaries? Cause that was an issue that came up when they were talking about it. Uh, the injury itself. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you, I don't know that the salary cat like the salary is going to be higher. Maybe like the players union can try to work towards those contracts being guaranteed. Like I think that's the biggest issue for mm-hmm. running backs. Right, like Nick Chubb, I think only gets his signing bonus for this year, and then that's it. So and he's not under contract, I believe, for next year. So he's going to have to sign a much reduced prove it deal. Um, now granted, I'm sure he had injury insurance, so he'll probably be a right financially, but, um, yeah, I like, it's still like, it's just a devalued position in football. And like, as sad as it is, injuries happen and, um, he's a very talented player. I hope he can make a recovery and look somewhat like his old self, but I think you're right. Like it's going to be very difficult for him to return to anything close to what, uh, what he looked like beforehand. So I um I feel ter- I I feel terrible and yeah, it's it's really sad but I I don't know how much this changes things. Um I I did see there was as, as far as like running backs and their their state in the NFL goes. Yeah, I did see uh there was a leaked memo. I don't know if you saw this from the NFLPA that basically suggested to running backs who might be facing contract disputes or upcoming contracts to like feign injuries, like demand fewer snap counts. Um, so I thought that was kind of interesting that like the NFLPA is already telling these kind of players like, hey, maybe don't be so involved in the team, which is just kind of a wild thing to think of of the NFLPA saying. But it makes sense, especially if we see another big time injury from a guy who was asking for some money. I think it's. I yeah. Think it's I mean, they, they're going to run into collective bargaining issues there. I mean, the NFL already filed a grievance and that, that will definitely be seen as a, um, as discouraging employees from working, which is a no, no. Um, so I don't know if they can really get away with that, but uh, they'll try. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens. Um, yeah. I mean, it's awful. And uh, you hope he can make a recovery to the point where at least he can get paid um on another deal because that's like the best case scenario is if he can i mean peterson came off an acl tear and Mm -hmm. did amazing things so if he can put together one like magical season that gets him you know somewhat paid 
that'll be success, honestly, which is sad, but it's just sort of the way it is. Yeah. Very, very sad. We hope he makes a recovery. Uh, other big news this week is just the Bears. There's kind of two subtopics here. First, as we're talking about this, Alan Williams has resigned as defensive coordinator pretty abruptly. Um, the presser that they put out said it was for him to focus on family. It sounds like there's some, some personal issues going on um, and he needed to take a step back from football. We have confirmation that it has nothing to do with a false report related to some police raid related to uh, the Michigan State coach. So that was a rumor that was on the internet for a half a second. Uh, it is not true. He's just stepping away for, for to focus on his family. Still kind of shocking, though, because the Bears had an incredibly awful day, uh, if you were keeping up with it. That's, that's September 20th that we're talking about today. Uh, because Justin Fields, on top of Alan Williams, like very abruptly resigning, Fields was asked a question, and Mike, I, I only saw like screenshots of the quote essentially in text form, but they essentially were like, what is wrong with why you're not reading your progressions to write, why it's why it feels robotic, which is what he said he played like, and he said coaching, and then he had to call the press in to clarify his comments like an hour later after practice. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read or I didn't see the video of the full quote in context. What I think he was trying to say was that he is he is being coached to go through his reads and he's thinking too much. And so I, I think what he was getting at was he's playing too much in his own mind and he just needs to go out and play football. What came out was that he's being coached into thinking too much, I think, um, and that the Bears offensive staff is putting him into bad positions. Either way, I mean, it's it's a ter- the, the Bears are in shambles right now. Obviously, the Allen Williams thing is a totally different situation. I saw it was a health matter, I think, according to his statement. Yeah, um, it sounds like it's a personal thing with his family, which does yeah. not garner us to read into it. Just take yeah, it, just, him at his word, he, basically. He's step- which is good. And... Yeah, the, the raid, the, I didn't see the Michigan State part, which I don't think would have made any sense because why would the police raid over a phone sex scandal? Um, yeah. Not not minimizing the unconsentedness, possibly, of that phone sex uh, by Mel Tucker, but we're talking about phone conversations that happened between two different people on two opposite ends of the country. <laughs> um, I don't know how the Bears DC would be involved in that. Um but I mean, you could start putting together spaghetti strings on, on put your tinfoil hat on in your basement if you believe. That. Yeah, and that's basically what happened. With yeah, exactly. Random um, Twitter account. Yeah, no, there was no raid that never happened. It's not even like there was a raid completely unrelated and then it went away like the commanders a couple of years ago. Um, <laughs> so it, uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know the Bears, and they get the Chiefs. This are they? I think they go to the Chiefs. Like they, yeah. They are in a rough, rough spot right now. Oh, and they cut uh, their QB2, Nathan Peterman, today. Yes. That was all in one day. That was all in one day for the Bears. The Bears are not. Oh, also, well it was, franchise. I saw it today. I don't know. I, I haven't verified, but I saw a screenshot that, of, that somebody took. It is apparently Ryan Pohl's birthday. <laughs> I did see that, <laughs> which I, 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 it was a Gotta Wikipedia be. screenshot, so I don't know if it was edited. If it was, that's very funny. Um, but, but if it's really Ryan Pohl's birthday, boy, what a terrible birthday. 
Yeah, that is that has got to be maybe the worst birthday if that's true. I'm actually looking it up. Let's see. Hold on. I'm trying to find it. Ryan it's Pohl is born September 20th, 1985. If you would believe Wikipedia, it is today. His birthday is today. So he <laughs> had all three things happen in his position as general manager, which is just, that's awful. <laughs> I don't know who finds that. Like, that's insane that somebody caught that. Well, uh, shout out Ryan Poole for uh, having the worst birthday on record. But uh, otherwise, yeah, Bears kind of in disarray off and on the field. Uh, not so much a, another storyline, but you and I both caught this. There's only three 4 p.m. games this week, which is, like, disgraceful it for sucks. the NFL. It's it the sucks. Stupidest, like, they do it. I feel like that was the status quo forever, and they started doing four 4 p.m. games. And everybody was like, this is way better. And This then is they, way better. And they just go back to it. Like, it doesn't make any damn sense. Uh, like, there's nine. I don't like nine 1 p.m. games either because you, you can't. You miss do, so much. You can't do Octobox. Like, now that YouTube TV is the four-screen multicast, if you have two TVs, you can, like, that's only eight games. So reasonably, for most people, the most you can expect is two TVs, four games apiece. That's eight games. Make it only eight games and move one of them in yeah. the window. Like it doesn't. It, who is it hurting? It doesn't hurt the Chargers to go play at Minnesota in a Central Time Zone game at four p.m. instead of or three p.m. instead of twelve. Like agreed. It, it, is it a a home field advantage for Minnesota to play at twelve instead of three? No, like it's so dumb. <laughs> and at least if you're gonna do it, give us good matchups. Like this week, the best game is Panthers Seahawks, and that's a yeah. six point spread. The other two games are twelve and a half point spreads. Like, you, I don't, I don't want to be falling asleep in the three p.m. game, you know, Central Time, a, a, and then wake up and go, oh, Sunday night football's here. It's like you got to give us more than one, maybe one good game with two shitty ones. Like, yeah, it, how the, I mean, how nice would it be to have Chargers Vikings in this four p.m. window? Exactly. It'd be amazing. Like, there's no re- you don't have to clear the stadium out early for a craft fair at U.S. Bank Stadium. Like, there's no concurrent event that you have to schedule around. You're the NFL. Like, just just tell them you're doing it on the yeah. fourth. Yeah. Like the, the Twins don't have a, a seven o'clock baseball game. Like, just figure it and out. If they do, who cares? Yeah, exactly. They're the Twins. Like, just figure it out. <laughs> They're not playing in October. We know that. Yeah. If they are, they're going to lose. They've lost 14 straight games or something crazy like that. Preposterous. All right, well, let's start talking about this week's games. Uh, Thursday night football, the failing New York Giants are at the 49ers. It's a 10-point spread over under is 44 or 44 and a half, depending on what you see the line as, depending on the book. Uh, let's talk about the game just a little bit, Mike. I don't have a pick for this one. If you do, go ahead, and then we'll just talk about it. I don't. Uh, I I think we're both leaning under, but and we'll explain why. But uh, yeah, no picks here. Yeah, so I don't like this spread, and here's why. Did the Giants wake up in the second half of that game, and they are the Dabo-led team of last year, or was that a fluke two quarters, and they truly are what they showed us in the first game and a half that they played? And, and you don't know because it's week two. Like, that's where I'm at with the Giants. The Giants could actually be a good team, and we just 
got shown the worst six quarters anyone's ever started the season with in the history of football, or they could be a not good team, which I think is probably more likely the case, especially in a pretty stacked NFC East. But still then, 10.5 is a lot, even if the 49ers are firing off all cylinders. And even then, there's always a chance for a backdoor, like happened last week with the Chargers kicking a field goal with three seconds left to cover the spread down 10. So I I hate this spread, and I think I I agree with you on the under a little bit, but I I don't love the under either. That's why it's a lean, because for me, the 49ers defense is really good. But if the Giants are that bad and the 49ers are that good, they could get 44 by themselves, it seems like. So, I I mean, I want to hear your take on on what you thought, because I think you're both – we both lean the under, but. Yeah, I mean, you can't – my whole thing is, like, you can't take the 49ers coming off losing uh, against the spread after a meaningless last second. You just watched it happen to you, and now the line is hung at 10.5 where, you know, the Giants could be down by 13 and it could happen again. Now, I'm right. not saying it's going to happen in the last second, but there's a, there's a world where Dable kicks a field goal for no reason to get within 10 points, like, late in the third quarter, and then nobody ever scores again. So, like – this this feels like backdoor city. You're right. The the 49ers are liable to, to catch 49 by themselves. I think the under is the lean here because no Saquon, no Andrew Thomas. They're going to line Bosa up on the left side, and he's just going to eat Daniel Jones' lunch. Um, and That's true. And as far as San Francisco goes, they've – they've shown already this year that like, even in games that they're, they're controlling like the Pittsburgh game, I think they only put up 34 in that game. Um, so if you're looking for a reason to lean, that's the reason to lean the under, but as far as 10, you know, you really need to feel comfortable that the, they're going to score, you know, pretty handedly 40. Yeah. Like, cause you need to get, you need to feel like they're going to almost certainly be out of reach. And it, there's a world, uh, you know, as I said it before we, we started recording, there's a world where Dayball comes out with, like, some trick plays and they block a punt and, like, some craziness happens. This isn't college football, but, like, you know, if one of the, if a couple bounces go their way in the first quarter and all of a sudden, you know, the Giants have an early lead or, like, even San Francisco comes out on a short week and starts slow, your, your ten and a half is dead in the water unless Correct. they really they turn the gas on in the fourth quarter. So um, there's, yeah, I just... It, it ultimately like the, the easy way to sum it up. It feels like a trap line. It feels like mm-hmm. it, I would, it's so weird how I would feel like way different about this at nine and a half, which is, I think what it opened at. Um, I, I would feel pretty comfortable about San Francisco at nine and a half, 10 and a half just feels like you're, you're begging to get snuck in the back door and lose it. Yeah. And on top of that, there's no, you know, we, we like talking about percentages and if there's a lot of money on one side, it usually means people who are very good at betting large sums of money are on that side. Uh, if the ticket value, like tickets don't match up right in this game, it's a, it's a even split of 80% of the bets are on the 49ers, 85% of the money's on the 49ers. So like no one has across the board an idea of how this is going to turn out. It's just that everybody is betting the 49ers, which usually means Vegas wins uh, coming out on top of this one somehow. But uh, it should be an interesting Thursday night football game. I dare I say I hope it's good, um, but that remains to be seen. We'll move to the 1 p.m. slate. Uh, so in no particular order, we have uh, Bills at Commanders. 
Uh, spread is six and a half in favor of the Bills. Uh, over under is forty four. Uh, Chargers are at Vikings. It's more or less an even money line split. Um, I see plus half a point for the Chargers on one book. I see another book that has plus one. Shout out Action App for multiple books getting uh, viewed at once. And then the over-under is 54. Uh, Saints Saints at Packers. Uh, Packers are minus two. Over-under is uh, 42 and a half. Falcons at Lions. Lions are minus three at home. Over-under is 46 and a half. Titans at Browns. Browns are at home and three and a half point favorites. Over-under is 39 and a half. You have Texans at Jaguars. Uh, Texans are eight, I'm sorry, nine and a half point underdogs. So Jags minus nine and a half. Over-under is 44. Uh, you have Patriots at Jets. Patriots are two point favorites. Over-under is 37, pretty low. And then uh, there's two other games in the 1 p.m. window. Broncos at Dolphins. Dolphins are six-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Over-under is 48-and-a-half. And Colts at Ravens. Ravens are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 45-and-a-half. Uh, Mike, out of the 1 p.m. slate, what do you like? And then any interesting matchups that you see that you want to talk about? Um. So, yeah, I've got a bunch. Um. I'll go in no particular order, and then if you're in on any of these games, just just jump in with me. Um, I'll start Green Bay minus two. I I'm I, in on it. I damn that was my best bet of the week. But I don't believe on. in the Saints. Like I Mm-mm. I get it. They're still a week away from getting Kamara back. Uh, Kendra Miller is expected to make his debut this week, but they not that they struggled to beat the Panthers because the Panthers made that a game late, but they didn't look overwhelming against a Panthers team that can't block anybody and has no weapons. And Bryce Young's out there just making things up. Um, like his. That's a very good description of what he's doing. Yeah. Cause like he's, I think statistically, and I, I got to find the, the chart, Josh Norris on the underdog uh, network had it. Um, basically his, I think it's his like pressure rate versus his completion percentage puts him he's like the most accurate or maybe it might be like wide receiver separation window i think is is what it is versus um on target throws he he has it's like the top left corner of the chart so his and the receivers are the y or the x-axis so like his receivers are creating absolutely no separation and yet all of his throws are on target so like he is, he's been one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the NFL. It's just none of his receivers can get open. And when you watch the game, that's exactly what's happening. It's like he he's a magician in the pocket with the way that he moves and creates secondary looks, and his guys are just never open. So, um, and, and New Orleans' defense is good, and it's going to be a, a, a we're going to really know whether or not Jordan Love is a good quarterback, right? Because he's going to face a good defense probably yeah. the first time this year. But but the Packers defense has played well. They get the Correct. they get the Saints at home, and this the Saints have beat a Tennessee team with a fairly anemic offense, and they beat the Panthers, who also have an anemic offense. And I, I think Green Bay's got a better offense than both of those teams. They they can stretch the field a little bit more. They have more unpredictability. I think Lafleur has been really opened up to call the offense the way he wants to because he doesn't have to fit it in the Aaron Rodgers box. So. I I don't think trust me I, I 
the total here, I don't have a play on because I really think this could be a little bit of a slugfest. Like I do think the, the Green Bay offense is going to struggle, but they're going to score enough points, especially at the beginning, to force New Orleans to play with a little bit of pressure. And I and I just haven't seen it from Derek Carr and the consistency in the offense. You know, outside of the, the Olave like amazing catch on Monday Night Football, they they did not have many explosive plays at all. Um, and they've sort of not they, – they didn't look very efficient against um, a, a Panthers defense that really was put under a lot of pressure because their offense couldn't move the football. So I, all that adds up to me. I, I th- and, and here 67% of the tickets are on Green Bay, but 93% of the Vegas money. Um, the Vegas is with us here that we they think Green Bay is a lot better than, uh, than people are giving them credit for, and the Saints probably aren't as good as uh, – their record indicates or some of the scores would indicate. So I like, uh, I like Green in the spot. Um, anything else you have on that game? No, I just look, I think if you do the eyeball test on the saints and I do love new Orleans, but like, there's just something missing there. If that's not like, that's not terribly analytical. Right. But it just seems it's like Jordan love. Yeah. I mean, look, it seems like Jordan love is finding a groove with that offense and I would not consider New Orleans to have found a groove, I would have considered like them to just be stagnant and like getting by, right? And I know, I know they're undefeated. I know they're two and out, right? But it just it seems odd to me uh, that the Saints are favored in this because they just have not, to my like what I'm seeing, been playing well, right? They they haven't covered a spread yet. They barely beat Tennessee. You know, they they basically like kicked it down the road with Carolina. It was kind of a game of like who wants it more and neither team wanted it more. Um, so yeah, I, I would say uh, like green Bay minus two at home here. Give me the points uh, or, or I'll, I'll give up the points with green Bay and just know that I think they're going to come up much more motivated and fired up. Yeah. I look, I, I totally agree. I think, and it helps that green Bay lost, New Orleans won. You kind of take the opposite side of that with this here too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, yeah, I, I think Green Bay covers this spread. Um, next one, to, I have the Tennessee Cleveland under thirty nine and a half. Um, this is just me fading both our Um <laughs> This is this is not good because we're on the same things. We haven't talked. I mean, about we're looking at the same one. splits, but I, like I, I will, I use the splits to confirm what I'm seeing with my eyeballs. Yeah. That's the, yeah. that's the way that I approach this. And, um, and so when I drive to Virginia to place my legal wagers, I'll be on this under, um, because 39 and a half, I like, would it shock you at all if this was like a 17, 13 game? And I really think it would like D- Deshaun. Watson, I think that's high. Deshaun Watson <laughs> looked terrible, terrible against, I, I get it. TJ Watt. And was it Cam Highsmith? I think. Yep. Um, they're two really good ends. But the rest of that defense is not amazing, and they lost Minka Fitzpatrick in the middle of the game. And they could not stretch the field. They could not get the ball downfield. They don't have a vertical passing game. He, the, the timing is off. Like, And you off- just lost your best player yeah, on the field. you lost your best player. Yeah. Um, so it just, to me, that's – there are some issues with that Cleveland offense. I, I don't know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's just their timings off. I know they didn't have a good camp. Like, it's just – it feels like it's been bad from the beginning. They got lucky in that 
Cleveland was worse. Or sorry, um, Cincinnati was worse in the opener. Mm. Oh yeah. But they're like they the offense is not good. It it just isn't. And they play they play a Tennessee team that's always gonna throw you different looks on defense. And ten, if Tennessee establishes the run and plays defense, which we know is what they wanna do, this is like Tennessee would prefer to win this game ugly. Um, especially on the road and yeah, like, like have Tannehill throw as little as possible. So yeah. And Cleveland, so Cleveland is going to have to gas it up in order to get ahead and then stay ahead. And I just don't think they can do it. So I like the, the spread is in a spot where it's a coin flip and I think go either way. I lean Tennessee, but I think the, the play here is the under cause the both teams, this is going to be a, I, this might be as close to like a true rock fight as you get in the NFL. Yeah, and and honestly, to me, what stuck out, this is like two teams with the same mo, a one in one start, basically off of a meh performance. It's going to be fifteen percent chance of rain, ten mile an hour winds in Cleveland during the game. Uh, like it, everything is lining up for this to just be like a dog shit, run the ball at best, like no one scores more than thirteen points kind of game. Uh, so yeah, I, I I also agree with the under here. I also I don't hate Tennessee if the weather starts to look worse. Uh, if it stays at three and a half, I think with Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears uh, RB two from Tulane uh, kind of lead that charge, especially if it's like not throwing weather and Tannehill hasn't really shown that he they want him to throw a lot anyway. Um, I think this is good for both the under because obviously running the ball kills the clock a little more, but also because um, you know, typically you could expect the Browns to get a lot less time of possession. It's not as likely that they're going to cover as opposed to explosive throwing offense. So if the weather gets worse, I, I also would take Titans in the points. Um, but I'm I'll, I'm putting in the under today. Uh, I agree. I just think it's at best. Like these are two defensive te- These are two teams that are defenses are performing well and their offenses are not. So pick the pick the under and just expect them to perform to par. Yeah. And even 40 is not a, like 30, 40 is not an especially no low number for an NFL game, Not it's low, yeah. but it's not the lowest we've ever seen. It's not um, even the lowest this week. Pat's jets yeah. is like 38 opened yeah. at 38. It's now at 37. So, yeah. So it's like, it's not a crazy number to take there. Um, moving on. I chargers Vikings. If you, I don't have a play here. If you have one, this, I don't – I think this might be the – this is this is truly the indomitable spirit of two teams that should be so much better than they are. This is yeah. like – they said it on Pardon My Take, but this is like a true, like, you lose this game and your season's over, loser leaves town kind of, kind of game because the Chargers should be much better than they're playing. And Stefanski's like – I'm not sorry, yeah. not – yeah, is is probably. I mean, we've that was going to be something else that I wanted to uh, talk about. But Staley, Brandon Staley, is like uh, probably the first one. Like, if, if there's an odds thing, I would maybe take him to get first coach fired. I, I was going to say I, we can go through this little exercise. When, like, how soon do you think he could be fired? Because, like, after I th- I think genuinely, if either of these teams lose this, like obviously one has to lose. I could see either head coach being fired after this game. This game? That's a little early. It's a little early. 
there haven't been enough soul crushing losses. But maybe with the Chargers, you could make the argument that last year. O'Connell's only in his second year. That's the only thing. Yeah. Okay. They're not getting. And also, it's still very early. But I, I think. I mean, think about the year the the years the Chargers have had and these like soul crushing. Uh, you know, like one point losses that are always there. I think, I think Brandon Saley could easily be gone if that's another one of these games. Actually, yeah, I'll I double think, down on that. I and I think say- Justin Herbert is like being done a disservice based on this coaching staff. I mean, how many times did we watch a game last year where the Chargers lost by less than three points in a soul crushing game? And this year, they've lost to the Dolphins thirty six thirty four and the Titans twenty four twenty seven. I was going to say if they lose – so if they lose at the Vikings, I think there's a chance if he loses to – they get the Raiders at home next week. Yeah. If he lost that game and they dropped to 0-4 going into getting the Cowboys at home, I think there's a chance he could be fired after that Raiders game. That's, oh, because you know what? That That's also – that's their bye week. They have a week yeah, five Yeah, that bye. could actually – that would line up. Um I think it could be as early as this week. I mean, I really, I really do think at some point the ownership has to, or the GM has to take responsibility of like, you can only have so many less than one score losses before we like get rid of you. And having a season full of them last year is preposterous. Like the offense is performing. They are, they are sun zooming it. Mm -hmm. They are playing. They, you know, they, they ran the ball a lot more in the first game against the Dolphins because that's what the defense dictated to them. They threw the ball a lot more against the Titans because that's what the defense dictated to them. They were successful both times. They lost because they can't. They haven't played defense for a defensive coach. So I I think the other part too is here is there's a lot of logic in saying if we fire Brandon Staley, just put Kellen Moore in charge and it lets literally anyone else call the defense, and maybe we just start winning all these games. Um, so. There's like there's a distinct possibility that that happens very quickly, um, and like I said, that the week five buy makes it interesting because if you go in four going into your week five buy, you at least have a shot to turn it around if you rattle off a few wins because it, you get Cowboys Chiefs back to back, but then you have Bears Jets Lions Packers, and you'd be four and four catching the Ravens at home if you could run off a string of wins there. That's a tall order, but if you do it you're at least in contention down the stretch. Yeah, I think I think Chargers losing here puts a huge I, – I think it puts coaches, plural, on notice, honestly. Yeah. Um, anyway, Nick's, yeah. That was a, Nick, I was going to say, that was, a, that was a long tangent for a, a game we're not playing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, next game we have on the slate, Falcons-Lions. I think we both have the same pick of Lions minus three. Yes. Correct. Mike, give me your logic here, because I I really like this. I'm deciding between this bet and uh, Green Bay for my two unit bet this week. Uh, I mean, to put it in the words of like Paul Feinbaum callers, they, the Falcons ain't played nobody, Paul. Like, <laughs> like they beat they. they I, I know that's that's not exactly true because we both believe in the Packers this week, and they did beat the Packers at home. But they beat the Packers at home by a point. You can make an argument that Green Bay should have won that game. You know, with some Green Bay should have won that game. Yeah, and 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 on top of that, they were missing Aaron Jones and Christian Watson. And it, maybe if you just those two are just playing on the offense, they they do win that game. So, like, 
the Falcons have not done any like the, Desmond Ritter's not good. He's not like they no. they run the ball really well. Bijan Robinson's awesome, but they their defense is average at best, and they they don't throw the ball. And it, the second they they've done a great job of playing with leads. And I mean, they were down to the Packers, but not more than I think ten at any given yeah. point of the game. So they they were always within striking distance where they didn't have to abandon the run. The, the Lions are the sort of team that they could blink and be down 21 nothing. And Desmond Ritter is not bringing you back. I don't even think Desmond Ritter is bringing you back from a 14-point deficit. Never mind if he has to go get three scores on a defense that knows he has to throw the football. Like, they, they are they're screwed if they don't play within two scores going into the fourth quarter. So it's just I, – like, this is, a, this is their first road game because um, they got both the, the Panthers and um, – they got both the Panthers and the Packers. Sorry, I just spaced out there for a second at home. Uh, so they go on the road, and yet somehow Vegas – 70% of the cash in Vegas is on Atlanta, and 50% of the tickets are on Detroit, even though Detroit's coming off a loss. That's the other thing I don't understand too. Detroit gets back-to-back home games coming off a loss in a game they also were very much in against a way better offense. So – I just I think Jared Goff is a great day. I know Amon Ra is questionable. I think he finds a way to play because he's just a, a mental warrior. Uh, even if he's not that effective, him just being on the field means that they're probably going to have to put A.J. Terrell on him. I think Josh Reynolds eats, and I think the Lions win this one relatively easily. And I've, I, I see it at three. I see it at three and a half. I like it either way. Uh, give me the Lions. I, yeah, I, I love it too. I like look, here's why I like the Lions. If this is the year that the Lions make the playoffs and win more than one playoff game, or at least win a playoff game that's not in the wild card, this is where you start, where a team with a better record that is worse than you, you come out at home and you handle them handedly. And I think Detroit is presented with a unique opportunity. I think last week like they showed that they could have beaten Seattle. I actually very much expected them to. So I think this is your gut check game, right? If you lose here outright, the hype train stops, right? Like the hype train slows down significantly from your Kansas city win. Um, I just, and, and for the Falcons, I've, I've seen two wins against two teams that Green Bay, I think, didn't perform well, and I, I think Carolina is probably one of the worst teams in the league. So that logic carries me to believe the Lions can cover this, right? Like, I, if this is a starting point, you have to win this game. You have to win it handedly at home. I believe in the coaching staff of the Lions. I believe they can do it. I believe they got the talent. So give me the Lions. I like it. Um, I've got two more in this window. Uh I'm going to take the Texans plus uh, the points. I I know Vegas is on my side here. 70, 77% of the cash is on Houston. Jacksonville coming off a, a bad loss to Kansas City. They do get them at home. I just, uh, at some point, like if Houston's defense is playing, they, these guys are playing for D'Amico. They didn't look good last week, but they're they're playing hard. Um C.J. Stroud has been pretty good, despite the fact that the offensive line, I think, has four starters on the pup list, um, which is crazy. Uh, yeah, this is, by the way, if you're a Texans fan, like, this is not the year to judge 
CJ Shroud now. No, Absolutely. not at all. Like you have one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Yeah, and so I like yes, you but the the Jaguars have two good ends in Josh Allen and, and um Trayvon Walker, but they don't they haven't shown the ability to affirmatively stop the run up the middle. Um and I mean like Indianapolis scored on them. Uh, Kansas City obviously got things figured out after a rough start, and I think that was more just like timing issues with the offense for Kansas City than it was really the, like the defense truly forcing turnovers because they they had what two fumbles and a pick, uh, and uh, like Justin Watson and Sky Moore I think were mostly to blame for those. So um, I think Houston can keep this game competitive. Ten is a lot. I think Jacksonville wins, doesn't cover this. Um, and at some point, Houston's going to get frisky enough in one of these games. If they're in it in the second half and they start, like, that's what they need. Because, like, right now, they're playing hard, but they just haven't had that moment of, like, of belief to hang yeah, on Yeah, or to. you get a football late, play to go your late way. In the game, yeah. yeah. And eventually it's got to happen. And, and D'Amico's too good of a coach, so I, I think this might be the spot. I mean, the Texans plus nine. And then my last pick, uh, I'm going to take New England minus two and a half. I think this is uh, the Zach Wilson kiss of death game. Um, Ooh, I, I, I wish there was a bet for that. Uh, like, I I think that this, like last week, Zach Wilson didn't play bad in the first half. They were overwhelmed by a very good defense. And really, the Jets defense could not get off the field. They got... A, a very questionable PI penalty when they were down one score um, late in that game that, that gave Dallas a touchdown to go up two scores. They went in the half down two scores. Dallas got the ball, and, and they never looked back. And then once uh, Zach Wilson was down three scores, he's you can't you know you can't just say don't turn the ball over. Like You've got to take some chances. And that was when he started throwing picks. He actually wasn't bad at the beginning of that game. But I think this is the game. Like this, in true Jets fashion, it's Bill Belichick again. He's going to be the one to put the the boot through the throat of another Jets quarterback. Um, and so, like this, the last time these two teams played was, I think, the um, Jets-Pats-Foxborough game where uh, the Jets lost 10-3 on a punt return touchdown by uh, New England. And that was the we're benching Zach Wilson game. Um, and he was gone until Mike White got hurt um, because he that was the I, I don't take responsibility for the loss. Yeah, 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 yeah. Conference game. Um, if I remember correctly, I don't think they played them again later that year. Um, it, I, I think this happens again. I, I think this is going to be a I, I kind of like the under here. I think this is going to be a sloppy, messy game. I think New England gets up early. They're going to force Zach Wilson to make mistakes. And this is the game where the, the entire fan base goes, okay, we're done. Like, we've got to, like, and I think the, the brass, I think the brass does too. I think the, the Jets brass starts exploring trade options, starts looking at the free agent market after this game because I think Zach Wilson finally puts the nail in his own coffin. So give me the Pats minus two and a half. I think they, maybe they win it by a field goal, but I think they find a way to win this game because Zach Wilson literally can't score against them. Not anything New England did to win the game. It's just Zach Wilson can't beat them. Yeah, well, to your point of sloppy game, it's also supposed to be, I think it's 20% chance of rain, like 12, 15-mile-an-hour winds. So could have the makings of a literal sloppy game and, a, and an 
That's why they under so low as well, I believe. But these two teams know each other. Uh, I don't hate it. The other two games we we didn't talk about, Broncos-Dolphins, I had a lean for. Um, I lean Broncos. I hate this. I lean Broncos six and a half. Uh, I love the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins are a very good team. I think they could be a Super Bowl contender this year. Um, six and a half seems like an overreaction to Broncos blowing a, a lead like they did. Uh, it also sounds like Sean Payton and uh, Russell Wilson aren't besties. Uh, so that is interesting to hear. I think a lot of people predicted that. But it seems like too much is going on for the Broncos not to cover this, if that makes sense. This seems like an overreaction from the public, just betting, betting, betting. Um, Cause you see 80% of the tickets are on the dolphins. Uh, but 64% of the money is on the Broncos. So I think the line shifted because of an overreaction and I think it's silly. Um, and then I actually had a lean for uh, the other game. We didn't talk about uh, Ravens Colts. I kind of like the over here. Um, just because I think if Lamar can get the Ravens rolling like they usually do, um, or in some cases do in certain games like this, especially against the Colts who are really bad uh, on on both sides of the ball, um, I think the Ravens can put up a good like thirty plot five plus points. Uh, and in that case, you know I think the Colts can cover a little bit of that. Uh, so give me that over. Um, before we move on to the 4 p.m. slate, which only has three games like we talked about. Uh, to answer my own question, uh, yes. The last time the Jets and Pats played was that game. Because okay, they, very nice. They had played two weeks earlier. So, yeah. Uh, Pats. <laughs> yeah, this does seem like the the game that, like, no matter what, like, I could be about to die in 80 years, and I'd be like, oh, it's the week that the Jets – get crushed by Bill Belichick and the, and the Pats. Um, yeah. no. that, it feels like one of those games, especially with the Patriots down 0-2, like haven't won a game yet. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. No, this, screams, this screams Belichick master class against a, a young quarterback who stinks, and, uh, and they win. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, three games in the 4 p.m. window, Eastern time. Panthers at Seahawks. Uh, Seahawks are minus six, over-unders 42. Uh, Cowboys at Cardinals. Cowboys are uh, 12 point favorites. Over under is 43. And the final game, Bears at Chiefs. Uh, Bears are plus 12.5. Over under is 47.5. Uh, you want to just talk about all three since there's only three in this slot? Yeah. You can do it today. Um, I also realized I didn't address at the beginning. Uh, records 8, 5, and 1 on the year, 4 and 3 last week, uh, 61% up 2.5. I am a straight up four and four from last week, and therefore four and four on the season because my week one bets got deleted from my computer. Unfortunately, mm. um, I actually I went back and I figured out what I did. I think I was like nine and eight, which is nothing to write home about. So we'll call it four and four. Um, yeah. I mean, hey, you're not losing money. Four and four is fine. <laughs> right, four and four, you're losing money. Nine and eight, you're not. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're here. Uh, four p.m. kick or four o five kick. Panthers at Seahawks. I. This, I don't love this line, Mike, so I don't have a play, so I'll start off with that. We'll start off strong. Um, but I do think the Seahawks are still overrated. Yeah, I – The my thing is their defense has not looked the same as last year. Like I, I think part of the reason the Seahawks had so much success is because they had 
the ability to take the ball away on correct um, on defense and the guy, the young guys that really impressed last year, like your Tariq Woolen, has not been you know the guy that I think he was last year. Um, and, and they just they didn't look good against the Rams. They looked obviously they played very well against the Lions, um, but that was mostly the offense, not the defense. Um, so. Yeah, I hate this line too because if there's a game early in the season where Bryce, like we talked about, Bryce Young being, you know, having just no help, if there's a game where he's going to figure it out, this seems like an early candidate for it. And so if he does, there's a chance that like Seattle just doesn't take Carolina seriously and Carolina really makes this a, a ball game, especially if they get a, if Carolina can get ahead early and play balanced on offense. Yeah. I think Seattle could run into issues. Um, so, yeah, I I don't – I lean Seattle because I still, like – I just think Carolina is just not going to be very good um, the entire year because, it, like, the, the lack of talent offensively uh, at the skill positions is just not going away. Um, and, and there's nothing Bryce Young can do to overcome that. Um, their defense is fine. It's probably, I would say, upper half, but you just can't put them out there for so many plays a game and expect them to hold up. Um, and that really, all, it all goes back to, if you don't have guys who can get open and can't pass the ball, you can't win. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I, I lean Seattle still. I know that the under is getting 98% of the Vegas cash, and I understand why. It, this just feels like a situation where if you get a couple scores from Carolina all of a sudden, and, but Seattle somehow pulls away, you could be like, that number should have never hit and did. Um, so I, I'm, I'm staying away from this game just because this feels like one where everybody thinks Seattle should win it easily and that never, like, those never pan out. Yeah, the only thing I'll say, I don't really have anything about the over-under. I, I'm surpri- I was surprised how much was being wagered um you know what screw it i'll take the under i i i can't look at that number of like 99 percent and not go with it um but this is one of those ones where one of these teams is going to stink i think that's why the under will hit uh one of these teams is going to just be dog water bad today on this sunday and and they're just not going to put up any points. You're not going to see this go over. I think that's why. I also don't like the spread. I think the Panthers probably have a little value here. I don't think the Seahawks are good, um, but the Panthers also have shown us nothing. So yeah, it very well could be a fourteen nothing game. So that's why I don't like the spread. Um, moving on to the next game: Cowboys, Cardinals, or Bears, Chiefs. What do you want to do first? Um. We can do Cowboys Cardinals because I think I feel more strongly about this game. This is a number where, like, I think this number is sort of set to scare people off the Cowboys. Yes. And, uh, like, most people aren't buying it. And I don't think they should because, like, I, I think Dal- this is another Dallas just rips through this game. Um, like, Josh Dobbs has not, fa- has not faced a defense like this yet this year. Um, the commander's defense is good, but the, the complimentary piece of the offense and just Michael Parsons is playing like he's going to win defensive player of the year, playing like an animal, dude. He is, he has been easy. He's been the best player in the NFL this year by far, I think. by far. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so if he just keeps playing the way that he's playing, like, and, and their defense 
keeps getting takeaways. Josh Dobbs obviously came like turned back into a pumpkin in that second half uh, last week. So it's just, I know this game's in Arizona. It's going to be half Cowboys fans because that's not a far trip for them. And I'm sure there's a ton of Cowboys fans out in like the Southwest because there are Dallas Cowboys fans everywhere. Um, uh, yeah, they, they should win this game going away. I am on Dallas minus 12. I, I think they cover this fairly easily. I think this should be a 14 or 21 point victory. I don't think the Cardinals have anything for that defense. Um, and I think the Cowboys are going to do what they have done to, to succeed so far, which is run the football to control the clock. Dak has to make a couple plays here and there, and they will win by 21 points. I I lean the under here because I don't think the Cardinals are going to score. Yeah. And that's my summation of why I'm taking the under. Actually, yeah, I'm taking the under. Yeah, like Not. I think – I, like, if Garrett Wilson doesn't break a 65-yard touchdown last week, I think the Jets only walk away with three points. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the Cowboys defense, the over-under for Washington versus Cowboys this year might be 25 points, and it might be 20 points too high. I mean, the, the Cowboys offense looked very effective against a very good Jets defense last week. And, and it's just more, like the, the Cowboys defense has been so good that it doesn't – even if you're, even if you have a good defense, if you are being forced to trot it out again and again and again and again because your offense can't get anything going, you're eventually going to break. Correct. Eventually, especially the way that they've been using CD Lamb out of the slot, like he's been so good early on this year, they they're going to wear you down, and and they're not the most explosive offense, but if they just have the opportunity to take shot after shot after shot because they know their defense will go get you off the field in three plays. They're going to win a lot of games. Agreed. Last game, Bears at Chiefs in the 4 p.m. time slot. What do you got for this one, Mike? Uh, I have the uh, under 47.5. I don't think – like this is for similar reasons as what you said about the Cardinals. It's just – like I, I need to see it from Justin Fields, and I don't think this is the week. Um, they played really well against Jacksonville. Chris Jones back. I, the the other part of this too is Kansas City looks a little out of sync. Like I said earlier when we we're talking about the Jags, like I just I know the game's in Kansas City. Kelsey's back. They'll be fired up. Like it should be a get right game for them. But I I, I still think early in the season we saw this last year too. Like they they lost that game to the Colts. Um, I think it was probably like week three last year. Um, so similar to the Bengals, like the, the chiefs can just be a little out of rhythm to start the year. So I think counting on that too, I could easily see a world where, um, this game stays well under to the surprise of most people. I'm going to say something and you're You're taking the bears. I'm taking the bears money line. (laughs) Not a full unit. Don't go crazy. Here's why. Everything has gone wrong for the Bears this year. Everything. Justin Fields doesn't look like the guy. They're losing their defensive coordinator. They cut their second-string quarterback. Like, craziness happens all today. On the GM's birthday, there's so much bad mojo out there. It has to be 
some sort of credit that they are like taking out early to win this game. That's the only way I know how to explain this. All the storylines are going the way against the Bears. This would be very funny to see Kansas City just come out and lay an absolute egg and Justin Fields for four quarters look like a, like a boss. I just feel like it's going to happen in a weird, you look back on it and you're like, what the hell happened in that game kind of game. I think this is going to be that one game of the year where you're like, the who beat the who? I think this is going to be it. So I'm I'm going to sprinkle Bears money line at plus I think it's like five fifty. So uh, for the record, I was right. The last year, week three, the Colts beat the Chiefs twenty. <laughs> that is an incredible memory. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I knew. I like I, I wasn't sure it was week three, uh, but I knew I knew it was pretty early in the season. Um, yeah, so that like. This if there, there's a spot for the the Chiefs to lay an egg, and now Andy Reid, if Andy Reid doesn't have a guy bringing that tape up uh, this week, <laughs> I need to be hired. Like, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> I'm telling you, man, the the voodoo is in the air, bro. It's just I don't know. Some about that game makes me feel like it's it's like that. I you know why? Because I have this this gut feeling, and I've never followed it until last year. And the bet I made was Washington money line uh, on the Monday night football game. They beat the Eagles in like week 14. And I was like, I just had that feeling. And I'm getting the same feeling with the bears. Like something is happening where all the storylines are negative. Washington like had all these bad storylines with, with the team and ownership and all that. Same thing happens. Like it just feels, I got to feel, I got a gut feeling and I'm just going to go with it. Um, all right, last three games of the week. Uh, Sunday night football, Steelers, Raiders. Steelers are plus three, which shocked me. Uh, and over-under is 43. Uh, then we have two Monday night games, Eagles at 7.15 Eastern at the Buccaneers. Eagles are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 45-and-a-half. And finally, we finish up with Rams at Bengals. Bengals are two-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Over-under is 44. Mike? Uh, yeah, I... <laughs> I don't have any plays. Um, I have, so I, I'm, I'll tell you, I'm taking the under, there's a lot of unders this week that I have, but I'm taking the under in the Steelers Raiders. That's two, two bad teams to me that are just like decent on defense and good on defense. Yeah. I, I don't know how this goes over 43 unless both defenses shit the bed in ways they haven't this year. I think Tomlin gets his guys up for these kind of games. I love Steelers money line in that case um, as well. But uh, it, you have the Steelers on Sunday night. They always seem to cover in these weird ways. So um, I'll sprinkle money line with them. But, but I also, yeah, I, I like the under. I feel like the Raiders are pesky in these spots too. Like especially they maybe yeah. maybe if it was like if it was the Chargers, you would take the Raiders to win every single time because you'd be like the chargers should absolutely win this game. So give me the Raiders. Um, it's the, the Steelers aren't that bad. Like I, they like, I think they showed they, some spark. Like I think the, in the, past I think two the weeks. injuries are going to burn down Matt Canada's home. Um, but besides that, like they, they did, they showed a lot of like fight. First, first quarter against Buffalo. They looked very good. They beat Denver, obviously that they, they 
they were not expected to do that. Yeah, these. For, or, I'm these, sorry, that was that's the Raiders. Yeah, these two teams are going to play very hard, and so maybe you're right. Maybe that is the play. Like the under is just edit. <laughs> yes. And then, when I go um, place these wagers later, I'm going to add the uh, the Pittsburgh Vegas under. Yeah, because Steelers, Steelers look good against Cleveland. Is what I was trying to say. Um, I, I I just. I, I can see a world in which they easily win this game. Um, Eagles, Bucks. I, I don't really have a play for this, although the Bucks are getting a lot of love, um, like money wise proportion on the bets here. Um, but I don't really have anything for this. Uh, now, the line four and a half is funky, um, and the money 68% on Tampa Bay, which feels like somebody knows something. Um, oh, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do I'm going to take, I'm going to parlay the under. In these two Monday night games, I think I think the Bucks haven't played a good defense yet for the most part. I think the Eagles are going to smack the Buccaneers. I think that's certainly possible. Um, like we could see the Super Bowl Eagles defense go up, and then you realize, oh, like yes, that's right, Baker Mayfield is the quarterback of the Buccaneers. Yeah, I think everybody's waiting for Baker Mayfield to turn back into a pumpkin. But Dave Canales is getting a lot of love. The OC. Um, for the Buccaneers, who was Geno Smith's QB coach this past year. And mm-hmm. they just – he's been the best quarterback under pressure in the NFL uh, this year based on uh, completion percentage against uh, pressure. So um, I, I think the under is the, the lean, but I I think the Bucks are pesky. And Philly has not looked overwhelming in the games that they've played. No, I would agree with that. And their defense is pretty banged up, um, so that's why the I, I'm not I'm not going to follow you there. I, the the four and a half feels like a trap or like a game where the Bucks could just could really shock some people. And then the the Bengals, like I don't think you can reliably do anything with those numbers, not knowing what's going to happen with Joe Burrow. Yeah, so that was going to be my comment for the second game. I was going to say for the first game as well. Eagles are coming off of like a semi bye week with the plan on Thursday night. So they do have that extra rest to get the guys ready. That plays a factor in games like this. Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, this under uh, the Rams to me, offense isn't good. And it's looking like the smart thing to do might be to bench Joe Burrow for a week or two, let him rest up and then get him back out there because it seems like we were not informed of how maybe invigorated that injury could become. Um, re-aggravated. Yeah, re-aggravated, I guess. Uh, and, and I think it's more of a factor than they're admitting, maybe even to themselves. But it seems like they have performed much more, like, much more poorly uh, in the past couple of weeks than we expected them to, and I think it has a big thing to do with it. Yeah, I, it feels like he's just not driving the ball down the field. And and everybody's saying they're not calling a lot of deep shots, but I, I think that might be because they know he can't really get the same velocity on his throws. Uh, I think the Ray, the Rams' offense has been a lot better than – I think they're legit. I, I Like, for some reason, Nakua's been really good. Atwell's been really good. They get cut back. Kyron Williams – like, they traded Cam Akers today because uh, they believe in Kyron Williams that much. So um, I did see that. I did see that. So I think the Rams' offense has the potential to be really good this year. They put up 24 against the the Niners, which is nobody would have expected that. Um, so I kind of like I, I see why the cash is on 
the Rams here because I think you can make an argument even with Burrow healthy, there's a chance the Rams win this game. But I just with him, you'd never know. And like it, it's it feels like it's going to be one game where it just clicks and they just put up forty. And you don't want to be on the wrong side of that game and be like, I'm the guy with egg on his face who bet against Joe Burrow. So yeah, um, I'm staying completely away from that one. I'll stick with the parlay just because it's less than one one unit bet. So why not? Why not? Um, that has been our show. Thank you for listening. As always, like and subscribe. Check out our college football show where we talk about the best games upcoming of college football. And have a great week.